Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we just watched season eight, episode one, titled Mercy. Uh, what'd you think of this one? Uh, it it was a pretty good uh, season opener for The Walking hmm. Dead. It does have uh, it does have some head scratchers, which we can get into. Some of them, I'm like, I just I I haven't decided, and I don't know why I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. Probably because it's better <laughs> podcasting. Uh, <laughs> but I, I I don't know. Like I'm I'm there's some of the stuff that's like might just be stupid because I don't understand the full plot. Sure. Um, and I'm also kind of annoyed that. Nicotero and Gibble seem to be really married to this unconventional story structure. Yeah, a lot of people were super annoyed by that. Got, it didn't got, it didn't annoy me. Well, I mean, it just wasn't as god awful as some of them it um, was not, that I've yeah. seen and I and but I I still don't know why they're doing it. I don't know why they're teasing the beginning, middle and end of of who knows what. Um yeah. But it wasn't bad. What did you think? I'm going to take the opposite tact. I thought, aside from the accelerated pacing of of things, uh, it was pretty bad. I thought there was some exceptionally bad writing in spots, and really? over, overall, I thought the various plot points were pretty dumb. Pretty dumb. Oh, boy. Well... Uh, well, because I, I, uh, to be honest, I don't feel like moderating you much. Like, well, uh, I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt. The same way, uh, in the way that you said you're going to, because I've seen it time and time again. Yeah, The Walking Dead. I try, I start giving them the benefit of the doubt, and they shit all over me. So yeah. I, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. If you're you're covered in shit, I think that's a that's a that's a sound policy to have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you to avoid being shit on again. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we get right to it then? Yeah, let's do it. They want to get some housekeeping out of the way. Uh, if you're just joining us, which I know a lot of you might be, we are doing a whole bunch of things right now. We got Game of Thrones. We're doing a rewatch of season two. Uh, Cecily and I just recorded what we're calling uh, our first annual Cinema Spooktacular, which is a roundup of all the scary movies we've been watching this Halloween season. Jim and I are also doing Mr. Robot uh, on Fridays, the current season. Uh, Cecily and I are doing American Horror Story on uh, Thursdays. Uh, Stranger Things is coming back this weekend with its entire season two, and we're going to marathon the whole season over the weekend. Uh, Suburbicon, the Coen Brothers film uh, directed by George Clooney starring Matt Damon, we're going to be seeing Thursday night and giving a free review for everybody and a spoiler-filled one for our club members. Uh, Also, uh, if you would like to meet and greet us, we're going to be at Huntsville, Alabama for the Rocket City NerdCon. You can go to rocketcitynerdcon.org. Uh, and get advanced tickets if you'd like. It's going to be uh, November 4th through 5th. Again, check it out, rocketcitynerdcon.org. We're going to be there hosting a couple panels. We're going to be doing uh, a live-action game show-style reenactment of the Red Wedding in costume. That sounds like a good time. Check it out, rocketcitynerdcon.org. Okay, so we start off in the cold open with a lot of rapidly intercut shots of sweaty, Weight on my world, shoulders, present day Rick, and an older, out of focus, Vaseline smeared on the camera, yet seemingly at peace, presumably future Rick. Where does Red Eye Rick fit into this? I think he's. I think that's he's the like, real head scratcher for me. Yeah, I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like that's a flash to like the middle point of this story. I, 
I think you're right, which to that's, me says that maybe the future, the old man Rick is, is a, fantasy? a dream. Yeah, I, I a saw fantasy? that, that yeah. there's a lot of, because the, you know, this, this kind of camera stuff is usually reserved for Barbara Walters interviews. <laughs> and when the walking dead wants to show like, uh, a future that seems unobtainable. Like, for yeah. example, when, when Glenn died and they had that fantasy about everyone sitting down for Thanksgiving dinner or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and the it, building exploded behind him, right? Oh, that's Mr. Robot. That's Mr. Robot. <laughs> but, you know, they, it's like this kind of... The, the thing is, is by that time, that whole future was completely impossible because Anik mm-hmm. had already bashed in the heads of several of those dudes. Um, this, I don't know is unattainable this might be this might be this vision might be the angel on rick's shoulder because it does seem like they're setting up a lot of themes involving mercy Mm -hmm. and hope and Um, hope so i could see this being rick's hope for the future so are we going to talk about the fact that old bearded santa claus rick wakes up to the classic weird al yankovic song another one rides the bus sure we can talk about that uh what the hell did they just like you know what instead of licensing something let's let's go with something that uh, reference they just put into like genius.com something about old men and beards and weirdos and because that's <laughs> going to be thematic of rick's face and another one another one rides the bus comes up yeah maybe i don't know maybe it was who they could get like they said hey chris uh you got any comedy buddies that you can help us out with here <laughs> He said, yeah, yeah, me and Al go way back. Oh, way back. Uh, so, again, all this stuff is, like, riffle shuffled with a bunch of other things I'm about to describe. Uh, Dwight gets an aerogram yeah. shot into his front motorcycle tire. Asshole that says tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I, now, I think that's that's Daryl mocking him for how long it's going to take him to change that tire. <laughs> Because Dwight's the kind of guy that he's not going to repair a tire. He's just going to throw the bike away and get another one. Uh-huh. It's the zombie apocalypse. Bikes are a dime a dozen. I'm calling them the crossbow buddies because <laughs> they are both using crossbows, both riding motorcycles, both dressed in the leather vest. I can't, no, Dwight's I gone... can't unsee the, the follow in my footsteps that Dwight is doing here with Daryl. Yeah, like Dwight is like... He's taken the two face thing way overboard. Like instead of you know, like he is literally the scarred half of Daryl. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 two faced in two individual humans. It's it's crazy. Like it's almost to the point where I think they're trying to replace Daryl. They're saying, okay, if if Norman Reedus gets tired of this show and we have to ditch him, who if. can we put in his place? And I, I mean, it's so close. They're they're identical at this point. Well, I mean, yeah, if you if you if you take all of Norman Reedus's charisma and charm mm-hmm. and replace yep. it with facial scarring, they are they are interchangeable. Yeah. And I think that's the thing like I could I could see a post Daryl The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Of course, I've been saying that for like 4 seasons now. <laughs> uh but a, like I I don't the Dwight they they shouldn't try to they shouldn't try to replace replace uh Daryl. If they want to replace yeah. Daryl, they should just just keep Norman on, do whatever it takes, or just say, "Well, Daryl's gone. Let's have a new character that the audience loves." Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's That's like when like, like when Bo and Luke held out on that one season of the uh, fucking The Dukes of Hazard, and they're like, "Oh, we'll get their cousins, Poe and Puke, <laughs> and they're both blonde and brunette, and they both have the exact same fucking clothes." And but but they're I mean like what? I, yeah. I don't I don't get it. Um, but that that's that's a bad idea. I think uh, fist bump is twizzling on a twizzler. Mm-hmm. 
with Carol and Daryl doing some sort of prep work on a zombie herd that we don't understand yet, and Rick is giving a three-part speech with the other leaders of the communities, King Ezekiel and Maggie. Yeah. Rick talks about how finding Jesus changed his life. King Ezekiel quotes Shakespeare, Henry V in particular. This is the uh, Band of Brothers. This this has like four or five. This this one, probably the greatest inspirational speech of all time, has like four or five recognizable quotes that get you trotted out on occasion. As delivered by David Schwimmer. Yeah. No, I don't think he, I don't think he was the one. <laughs> I don't think it is. It's all right, Captain Winters, wasn't it? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's it's the Band of Brothers one. Um, he quotes it here about like whoever fights with me and sheds blood will be my brother. And Maggie, his sister, as he hands off, and Maggie says, "We're sacrificing our day to day comforts for short term uncertainty to attain a secure future." Uh, and Rick finishes up, says, "This world's ours by right. All the users and takers and killers that try to carve out the world and make it theirs alone, we're going to end them." Mm-hmm. Not celebrate it, but also without shame. Um, which, you know, it makes a big point that there's only one guy that has to die. Um, obviously, Father Gabriel. <laughs> and he's going to kill him himself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but then they proceed to kill a whole lot of scouts. It's, it seemed like they could have maybe incapacitated the scouts if they really wanted one person to die here. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, that's the thing. Like, Rick is kind of... Uh, you know, again, uh, they're they're ending. They're, they're, it's, I, I guess it's um, you know that's like a strategic thing. It's kind of like the difference between killing a few soldiers versus assassinating a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, one is just like you just you just don't assassinate leaders. You got to kill all the soldiers first. And, uh, and I guess I understand why they have three different speech givers up here. At first, I started rolling my eyes, saying, "Oh my god, they're mm-hmm. all saying the same thing." But they're all speaking to their communities, right? Maggie right. is the de facto leader at the hilltop at this point. Uh, Ezekiel's obviously the kingdom, and Rick and Alexandria. Yeah, and it's a, it's a it's a classic, you know, mega group. They're mm-hmm. trying to appeal to all their different fa- fandoms, and like, yo, yeah. oh, this is I know this guy, I like this guy. Ooh, I don't know about this guy. Ah, oh, I kind of like what he's saying. Kind of that that's uh, that's this uh, commingling there. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I thought it was pretty good, and also this seeing thing about not to celebrate killing, but also not sh- having shame in you know righteous killing. I really hope Walking Dead takes that to heart. Because if, if The Walking Dead stays true to this, it means the end of like all these, oh my God, what have we done versus these guys have to pay that we get locked into. And it's so tedious. Like every other mm-hmm. season, like this is a crazy Rick season. This is a sane Rick season. This is a passive Rick season. This is an active Rick season. Rick now says, all right, I'm going to be active this one last time. Mm-hmm. Then I'm getting a cane. Then I'm getting my cane. <laughs> Which is I'm definitely playing hooky. Yeah, we got some feedback about that, so I'll save it. But the gain is a weird addition that we'll talk about. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad to see that Morgan's in on the killing, that he hasn't, like, flipped positions yet again, and he's back to, like, no one can die, Morgan. Right. Uh, he does his fair share of scout killing. So then we're past the uh, the cold open. We're in the open proper, and Carl drives up uh, in a gray van to an abandoned sea store, which is packed with cars, very reminiscent of the season one opener of a sh- then, then Sheriff Rick Grimes scavenging for gasoline. Yep. Uh, he hears someone rambling who's trying to appeal to his better humanity. He says he's talking a mess about someone throwing a microwave at him. <laughs> Which is awesome. He, he quotes his mother quoting the Quran, talking about the importance of helping a traveler and mm-hmm. also about um, the, the the quote from Allah, may, may my mercy uh, overcome my wrath. 
I believe okay. is the quote. Some, something like that. That's so, the paraphrase. That's the paraphrase. <laughs> mercy, yeah, I mean, mercy, per, mercy prevail over my wrath. Yeah. Um, and it looks like Carl's kind of circling around to get the drop on him. Uh, and he's kind of beholding this young man. And Rick comes running in and scares him off by firing a bunch of shots over his head. Mm-hmm. Carl says, you don't have enough hope, Dad. We're going to need more hope than that to, to win the world. And But what does he know? Because he's holstering his gun. It's sung. It's it's slung so far down his hip. I think it's actually his knee. It's yeah. a knee holster. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know what this hipster gun holster thing is. It's it's like you can do the hair, the hat, or the holster. Pick one. You it, all. Th- you just keep adding ridiculous affectations, son. Yeah. You can't do it. You can't do it. Um. We then have a montage of elimination of lookouts. Um. Mm-hmm. There was one on a platform, one in a neighborhood, one at the PHZE Research Center, which Morgan just fucking impales with his broomstick. Yep. Uh, Daryl acquires a Taurus judge from a savior that's got a whole bunch of notch marks after all the innocent people he's no doubt killed. Um, And this gun is, like, notable because it can fire forty-five ammo or 410 shotgun shells. Shit. Yeah. Um, which isn't as impressive as you think, because like no. that small of a shotgun shell is really only good for like killing rats or snakes or huh. varmints. It's a good varmint gun. But Sounds sh- impressive. It looks it looks the business. Like yeah. it looks like a fucking badass revolver. Uh, Gabriel talks to Rick about how one man can start something, either good or bad, because Rick started this revolution and Negan started his thing. Mm-hmm. But Rick says it's not about me, which Gabriel wholeheartedly agrees with. Do we want to talk about any of this stuff? Like, I'm just like a recap really. of the storm. No, okay. I feel like there, there will be parts I want to talk about. These are not. All right. Rick kisses Judith and Michonne goodbye and bear hugs Carl and proclaims this is the end of it. I think he's being optimistic. Like, yeah. the first thing that bugs me is the fact that Rick is treating this again like the last battle they're going to have to fight. Like, this is the big one. We're going to go mm-hmm. and we're going to lead all these zombies and everything's going to work out fine. <laughs> Like how many times has Rick said this on this show? Five times? How many? How At many least. times he said about Negan? Yeah, uh, several times. And I, I just don't. So I don't know what the full extent of the plan is yet. But clearly, his goal was not to end the war today. I mean that that's my guess because of the way things went down. But uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um, I thought it was. So so he gets in this uh, parade of like these strangely armored cars are all asymmetrically have mm-hmm. shit welded to their sides. Um and so, uh, and uh Rosita's kind of mean mugging everybody because she's still I don't know. I what is her fucking problem? She wanted to do it her way and her way didn't work and now she's pissed. <laughs> right, like I mean, instead of like a glum look like, oh man, I didn't think Rick would ever do this and here Rick was going to do it all the time and yeah. I feel stupid, but this like sullen rage thing she's got going on, <laughs> not uh-huh. working for me. Uh, Michonne says that this this town is now Carl's show and that he'll soon see the truth of the matter, which I thought is interesting since, you know... I, I the the idea has been in Kirkman's mind for a long time that eventually this thing is going to be you're gonna you're gonna understand that this is is Carl's story. Mm-hmm. So when she says it's gonna be your show, um, I, I mean I, when they come at you, Chandler, uh, ask for the moon. Yeah, really, yeah. really bend them over that barrel in year fourteen. Get one of Walt's blue barrels, bend them over, 
and say this is what it's going to take to to keep me going for 10 more years of this this show Mm -hmm. uh Rick dispatches one of the final lookouts who taunts him as he is slowly dying. Uh, Rick crosses off his is the last lookout, and next on the list is, is recon of his things to do that day. And Rick just for just for good measure frees a zombie that the guy has had tied up for what a scout a lookout. Anti- uh, that's a good question. I don't really know why it was there. Like is that Michonne style anti zombie defense? Maybe. I mean it. It was probably just there for effect because it looked cool, honestly. Because this zombie, apparently, this person had gotten electrocuted to death. Oh, uh, see, I thought melted. the guy literally just tied him up to the thing as some kind of stunt. I didn't know that, Maybe. that they were suggesting this was a naturally occurring zombie accident. Well, now that you say it, I'm not totally sure about it. That was my assumption. Yeah, I mean, shit, this is the world where, like, three three different people can get pinned underneath a falling power Telephone line. And, <laughs> yeah, it's like freak shit happens. Uh-huh. Um, but it's kind of an asshole move. To Yeah, to release the walker on him? Sure. Yeah. Like, what is the, like, you know, I guess the main difference between Rick and Negan is Rick would never have done this guy if he was just minding his own business he does it because he's a savior but yeah i don't know i would say his his mercy definitely did not over prevail over his wrath no in that moment it it did not even a little bit no uh so at the sunset we see the gathering of three communities and i think this is actually a flashback to before right before they all three give this big speech which again Mm -hmm. doesn't it seem like it would be this episode had been that much more effective if they just told it yeah no, certainly. Um, uh, I didn't. I didn't think it added anything. But unlike a lot of people, I don't think that the flashbacks and forwards took away from anything either. I just thought there's like momentary. There's a lot of momentary confusion about when I was seeing things happening because it's sure. just yeah. you know when you've got so many flash forwards and backs and then in, in, interwoven flashbacks throughout the episode, it gets it gets confusing and there's just um weird staggering like path the camera takes to the crowd so they can see this random people's talking about oh i got your back and oh we just met that's incredible and then jesus talks to his boy or, i'm sorry eric talks to his boy oh aaron talks to his boyfriend eric about catching and praying for the first time mm-hmm. and then uh what's the the dude guy from man i can't jerry. remember his name jerry yes jerry, jerry is trying to make uh carl's girlfriend enid, enid. Mm-hmm. Put I see I'm 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 still in early season shape I haven't quite got all the rust <laughs> off uh, trying to make her put on a sternum protector yeah I'm not sure I mean I thought the kingdom are wearing his body armor more or less because it makes him look like knights not because it'd be particularly effective against mm-hmm. anything but maybe zombie bites yeah that's what I'm wondering if they're going into a hot zone where they know the walkers are going to be let loose yeah. Maybe it's a precaution against. Why walkers? would the sternum be the thing you want to protect? Uh, like arms I'd, and like that's legs. A, it was and... like a weird shin guard. I, I would have strapped that to my arm so I could like keep yeah. one arm, you know, arm's length. <laughs> right. The thing that disturbed me most is that Enid is allowed to go on this journey. Yeah. But Rick keeps Carl and Michonne back in the safety of Alexandria. Yeah, what the because, fuck, man? I mean, I guess it's because that is... That's like the senators who refuse to send their kids to war when the draft comes on. Like, I mean, what you, the you fuck? You can excuse it's like, well, they need like defense and leadership at home, but then, okay, why is Jesus here? Because yeah. Jesus is like the second banana of the hilltop. 
mm-hmm. you know, wh- why is Carol here? Because, like, Carol and or Morgan is probably Why is Maggie the... here? <laughs> like, yeah. She's number well, she's, one at the hilltop. She's the, she's the main one, so maybe, like, mm-hmm. they have to, they can't hide behind, you know. But, like, it is weird. Yeah, Rick Rick seems like it's not all about you, but kind of is still about you. Yeah, yeah, a little, little bit selfish there. Uh, Maggie says, hey, I can wage war through the second trimester my my torn uterus totally healed. <laughs> yeah, totally healed. Yeah, she went on that like stealing uh, John Deere's uh, regimen of of uterine health, and it fixed her all up. Uh, Jesus or Ezekiel volunteers the kingdom's doctor. Jesus says, "No problem, we'll get ours back." That hilariously like takes Ezekiel aback. Yeah. Like, I thought it was, like, the way he portrayed it is like, whoa, 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 of course you will. Um, <laughs> Rick says that the Hilltop's happy to have have Maggie and says, after this, I'm going to follow you. It's going to be a total switcheroo. Mm-hmm. This is something that Rick has done at least two times at in least. the series. Yeah. You know, this is this was Farmer Rick. Mm-hmm. This was prison. This was pre-prison Rick when, you know, because he, he – I forget – what the impetus but he gave at the end of season two that rick the 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 classic rick tatorship speech yeah implying that he was trying not to take the lead before so again Mm -hmm. i think he means it this time we'll see uh tara does a pointless countdown to zombie herd arrival i i i I, i'm staggered that someone thought this was a a clever good idea what what is the what is the conceit behind it man I think they're trying to time their attack so that the walkers will be in position to move in when when they need them to. But zombie herds are so precise in a travel that you can time it to the nearest 10 seconds. That's the thing. They're not on like a – they're not on the Daytona 500 track. Yeah. Like <laughs> they're going around in circles presumably on this road. I don't know. And – the other thing is they're not going to speed up at all when you start setting off explosions in them. Right, in right, front right. Of them. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know that they accounted for the the alerted zombie. It's 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 one of those things where I feel like in a writer's room it's like oh man this will make it seem so much more like some kind of Mission Impossible deal, yeah. but it's really stupid the more you think about it. It is, but whatever. It's not the stupidest thing in the episode. <laughs> oh, not by about we're about ready to get to get going. Uh so they bone out and they leave behind like the nicest cleanest looking SUV I've seen yeah. on this show in years. Mm-hmm. Like Carl's driving some fu- fucking A-team van with a Nazi paint job mm-hmm. <laughs> and this poor I don't know what the hell it is, Ford what expedition, it just gets blown to, blown up. Yeah. Expendable. Totally expendable. It is expendable. There's a lot of expendable stuff in this episode. Uh, Dwight's talking to a woman at the Savior Compound on a CB, and she's already gone full-blown Mad Max speak. Like, I oh, think, my God. I think we're Was starting this to see... I think so. I think we're starting to see how the trash people started, because she's like, I need that bang-bang, screamy-screamy <laughs> guzzoline for the Thunderdome kind of... Yeah, fuck off. Yeah. What what and a terrible to, line. To her, to her credit, to his credit, Dwight's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only response. Uh, then he turns the other way as the Savior's compound is assaulted. Uh, the lookouts right above him get shot. Rick and company pulled a bunch of their weirdly lopsided armored cars and surround the gates of the, uh, what do they call the Savior complex? The sanctuary? sanctuary. Yep. The sanctuary complex um, forming this movable barricade wall. And Negan comes out with the baseball bat, bold as brass. Oh, yeah. 
Like, there are so many dudes with automatic and semi-automatic weapons on the other side of his barricade, and he comes out in a leather jacket and a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't understand how he doesn't die. No, th- I mean, this is by far the stupidest thing in this episode, is the idea that their whole purpose is to kill Negan. They've stated it, right? One person yeah. has to die. Like, in my we speech, know who that is. where I talk about how I want the world, uh-huh. mission one is Negan's going to die. I'm going to kill him myself, I promise. Mm-hmm. And you've got the opportunity to do it here. You've got 100 people with machine guns, and he's got a baseball bat. Just kill him. And instead, they opt for shooting the fucking windows. I Yeah, wait, wait, wait. You're getting, you're getting ahead of the uh, Oh, of, of I can't help here. it. I can't help <laughs> it, man. Uh, so we get another old Rick interlude here. He's got a cane and a limp, but it seems like the good side is his and him and his family can play something called hooky, uh, because it's just it's not super crucial that they do anything anymore. Mm-hmm. But not like, oh, we've been supplanted or replaced. It's more like, oh, this is kind of nice. I don't have to be on high alert. I can just oversleep some random morning because who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, my kid's playing fucking Weird Al. I like it. Uh, Negan says, I care about my people, which is why I don't want to trot him out here to get shot, just to prove that my dick's bigger than yours. Uh, Rick addresses all of Negan's lieutenants by name. Yeah, to showing... prove that he has some reconnaissance on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you... I, I don't know. It's a, a series of power plays here, which right. some are hilarious, um, hilariously ridiculous and bad, and others are whatever, fine. Uh, Eugene tries to step in and like play a cool a cool head, and Rick's like, "No!" <laughs> he he brings the Daryl Dixon oh, yeah. memorial, "No!" and said and cuts him off. I know who you are. Uh, all have a chance to surrender if they do it now. It's the only time that Rick can guarantee their safety. Mm-hmm. And uh, they all they, they all surrender. And they the do. Episode's over. They yeah. do. Like action packed one. It's it's a controversial one episode season. <laughs> uh, but you can't like. AMC wants to save money making The Walking Dead. Without a doubt, just making the one episode. It was a good choice. Bold cost-cutting measure. (laughs) Uh, Flash off-site, Morgan and Daryl and Fistbump and Carol are all looking at uh, the Savior's compound, and they see a zombie heading off what they say is one of their traps. Mm -hmm. Morgan's got to stop it. Is he going to do it? I don't know, Jim. Let's see. Yeah, it's a real nail-biter. Uh, Negan asks Rick if he thinks he has numbers for his fight because he doesn't. And to prove that, they trot out Gregory. I think this is amazing. (laughs) I think this is maybe the best thing The Walking Dead has ever done. Where Negan thinks he has this upper hand and he's going to play this card and everything's going to go his way. And they're just like, we don't care. Yeah, Greg, like, I can't believe you didn't know that Gregory was seen as a shit in, <laughs> right. in this community. And then Simon gets all pissed because he's like, hey, you said you could do a whole bunch of great stuff for us. Right. So everybody says boo to Gregory and yes to Maggie. Um, yeah. And Gregory throws, uh, or uh, uh, what What do you say this guy's name Simon. is? Simon. Just throws Gregory down a staircase, which is pretty funny. Uh-huh. Uh, there's this cable across the road. Morgan saves the zombie just before it gets to the line. He looks down the street. Looks like there's a heavy detachment of savior reinforcements rumbling down the way. Uh, these savior reinforcements get exploded mm-hmm. when they reach the cable. Some kind of booby trap. Uh, 
Then Rick, back when he hears explosion, says he's going to give the lieutenants one last chance. Then mocks Negan's fixation about counting down. But then he shoots at seven. Uh-huh. Like, what, what, what? why are you doing this again? Like, I doubt your I sincerity know. of getting these people to surrender, Rick. Like, if you're going to play the stupid, you know, mind game, then play it out to his logical conclusion. <laughs> and... So he's got the drop on all of Negan's lieutenants. They're all standing mm-hmm. outside. No and one's Negan undercover. Himself. 30, 40 people open fire, but they're not even trying to hit Negan. They're blowing the windows. They're shooting For what over their heads. For what possible purpose? So I heard some people say uh, it is to show the people inside the hopelessness of their situation because they're going to be able to hear You know what else does zombies. that? Killing their commanding their commander in chief. Right. And it's it's a it's another miscalculation of what the peep the savior's life is like. The people living under the savior's rule. Sure. Like I think Rick thinks it's all essentially Simon and Dwight mm-hmm. when in reality it's more like the people in Alexandria only instead of Rick they have a Negan. Yeah, they're enslaved. <sighs> but I, yeah, I don't, I, I... And even if you grant that everybody inside of the sanctuary is like Simon mm-hmm. um, and is a devotee, it doesn't matter. Taking out the commander always benefits you, always. Yeah. Because they're the one with the battle strategies. They're the right. one with the plans and the one people are following. And if, if at the very least it makes them scramble and try and figure out what the hell to do, it's a worthwhile thing. And that's Rick's stated goal. I don't fucking understand this. In the slightest. Some people said it's to prevent, like, snipers from firing them inside, but they didn't d- demonstrate that threat. Yeah. Why didn't they have their own snipers? And again, like... It they did- sniped everybody else. All the other fucking scouts got sniped. Yeah, two-thirds of the crew could have engaged in Operation Blow Out the Windows and still left 10 to 15 guys to just blow the shit out of Negan and his cronies. Yeah, have an explosive. You clearly have them. You're, they're all over the road. I mean... Throw a fucking explosive it, at him. It makes it seem like... <laughs> I don't know. Just, there's a way to stage this to make it more of a standoff where Negan's inside yelling through a window and you can't yeah. quite see him. And then all this... You can have the same effect. It just makes more sense. And I don't fucking understand. It almost feels to me like they're trying to make... They're trying to tell us that Negan is this larger than life, invincible being, and but it doesn't I, work. But it doesn't work because we know he's just human, and if he takes a bullet, he's gonna he's gonna die. And no one tries to kill him. Like to get that invincibility, you have to try to kill yeah, him. And then in right. this next scene, Rick is desperately trying to kill him yes. when he's dug in behind his armored platform. Right. He's he's given the element of surprise away, and now he's taking bad shots. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this whole this whole part of it is fucked. I hated this part. So they're blowing out the windows. The other thing is like it makes the zo- it makes it easier for the zombie to get inside. But they're like blowing every window out in the in in the building. Like easier we're talking for third, the zombies. fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth floor b- yeah. windows getting shot out. <laughs> easier to get in. <sighs> get so, out of here, I say. Daryl says goodbye to fist bump Carol and Morgan as the, you know, uh, because the plan was so just so dumb. He had to leave. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I'm out, guys. (laughs) I've seen how this goes in the script. Uh, He prepares to do his mission, which is to Pied Piper to zombie pact in Negan's house while exploding shit on the side of the road to make sure they keep interest in going forward. Sure. That's fine. Yeah. I I have no problem with that. Rick tries to lead the controlled retreat from the sanctuary in advance of the wave of zombies. Uh, they also pull up an armored RV to the main gates and remotely detonate it that blows the gates wide open. And the man- RV is dead. 
is, I think that's the original RV, man. I thought so too, but I thought we lost that a long time ago. I don't recall losing it. You might be right. They walked from Georgia to D.C., right? And they didn't have the RV with them. How would they fucking walk that far? They, I think, I think that's the story they told. I don't, I don't remember honestly. It's been or, and, and, five years. Since yeah, that didn't happened. it like it get? I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Like it's, it could be the same one, or it, it's. I think it's unquestionably the same vehicle. Oh, Whether oh. in universe, yeah. it's meant to be actually Dale's RV. I don't know. I'm sure that that's that that answer exists, and it's probably going to be sent to us in feedback. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, they really go for broke on the zombies here because you get zombies that are cut in half. Their rib cages are exposed. Mm -hmm. They're wiggling around. Um, you know, the whole cladding them in molten aluminum and steel strategy didn't do shit against Rick's RV bomb. Yeah. Uh, Rick gets a bit gun crazy with Negan pinned down behind the frontal armor of the exploded RV. Gabriel brings him back to sense with it's not about you, right? Rick snaps a Polaroid of, <laughs> of the, the cowering uh, of the, the, the Negan. The, yeah, of the, the grand culmination of his plan, I guess. Mm-hmm. Gabriel gets in a car to leave, but sees Gregory trapped. He goes to help him, but Gregory stabs him in the back and steals his car. Not literally. He does betray him. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe Gregory gets shot, and I can't believe Gabriel's this fucking stupid. Well, no. Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah, no. Gabriel has proved himself stupid many times. Yeah. Many times. This is only the latest incident. Uh, the the other thing that we have not talked about is how insanely long the shooting goes on and how they're not really shooting at anything at a point. Like, the windows have been blown out. Nobody's firing back, as much as I can tell. Uh, they're just wasting ammo. And I did not think ammo was something they could afford to waste at this point. Yeah, that's the... Uh, I don't know if we're having a spoiler section this week, but... Um... Uh, yeah, I. It seems unfathomable that you would waste that much ammunition and accomplish yeah. so little. You know what probably would have taken those windows out? Mm-hmm. The explosion of the RV. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> so, so why bother shooting out the windows and then blow up an RV? Another thing I heard was that this, like, this, this store, the sturm and drung that they're doing outside is to mask the sound of the zombie horde that's coming and the explosions. So, like, okay. they keep Negan and his people hunkered down and not seeing the oncoming zombie horde mm-hmm. um, until it's quote unquote too late to escape and they're surrounded. Hmm. So that. Only one person has to die thing right out the window, yeah? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing, like, I think Because that... if the plan is to send the zombie herd in while you keep everybody there, yeah. you know more people are going to die. Yeah. No, and I think, I guess, again, it doesn't seem... Like, it seems like you're using an atom bomb on something that you could use a grenade for and doesn't yeah. meet any of your stated, like, goals or intentions. And it's it's kind of like also a little James Bondy. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Rick is going to let this flood of zombies and just like, I just assume Negan's going to get torn apart by either his people or the zombies, whatever. Yeah. Now now you've lost control of the situation. You like, know? wouldn't you want to contain the sanctuary? Like, mm-hmm. you know, have your snipers looking for if anyone tries to get out or taking the... Vi- I mean, I we don't see any of that. But yeah. um, anyway, uh, we flash laterally to Carl mm-hmm. leaving behind food with a sorry sign as this mystery man watches... Uh, Rick and Daryl decide they can no longer wait for Gabriel to come back, and Rick explains to Daryl that uh, you know Gabriel quote unquote saved him. Daryl asks if he's okay, man, and Rick says it's not about me. 
Uh, we then see a very inept attack on the satellite session station. Uh, Daryl yeah. takes out a lookout with a bow, and they all run up. And there's like a million of Ezekiel and Maggie's crew that pins this lone savior behind a car, and they're just hosing this thing down with automatic weapons fire. And they stop for like one second, and the guy comes from behind this burnt-out Taurus or whatever and throws a grenade at the side of a building and explodes. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, they cut this right back to the savior complex. And I thought what had happened was they blew a hole in the wall and a bunch of zombies were coming out to attack King Ezekiel and Maggie's forces. I'm not convinced that that isn't the case. You're right, because the editing says that's exactly what happened. But then with no other fade to black or transition, we then go immediately Hmm. to the sanctuary. So you think the zombie sounds were meant to be at the sanctuary? Yeah. They were just doing... And they just don't know what they're doing when it comes to cutting the episode. Yeah. Uh, So, or maybe they they intend us to be this confused about basic plot and action and where the camera is at any one given time. I don't know. Maybe. Um... So, so we had our, we had on the live watch last night. Uh, what turned out to be a shit show. Mm-hmm. We 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 forgot our anti copy our, our our copyright respecting provision uh, of the grid and YouTube yanked our video right off the internet. Good to know it's working though. Yeah. Good to know the overlay is effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, I mean, it's inarguable. It's like you know, it's not copyrighted video. It's we don't play the sound. So yeah. Um, but uh, they got us right those first 10 minutes. We apologize for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but we debated about whether this this bow woman from th- yeah. the kingdom is going to turn out to be yet another shitty bow girl. I think she is. Yeah, I think, yeah. She says there's no way anyone in hell could ever take this shot. And Daryl just one, one hands it. Now, does that make Daryl out to be extra badass or just makes her out to be kind of shitty? Both. Okay. Both. Okay. Shitty bow girl. It's the return of shitty bow girl. Right. Like, she can only hit something if she's less than 20 yards away and there's nothing obstructing it. <laughs> right. And then In a the world that still blowing. has enough automatic weapons that you can just fucking hose down, uh, that doesn't seem a very useful skill. Like, a hunt, like it'd be mm-hmm. great for hunting. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, defense? I don't know about that. Pretty sure guns still shoot farther, hit mm-hmm. harder. Uh, so, Gabriel, then we cut is desperately searching for shelter in this compound that's just absolutely overrun with zombies. They've had this super high zombie super highway that's led right to the Negan's gates, and they are taking advantage of it. He finds some little work site kind of trailer thing. He gets inside. Guess what? Negan's there. Mm-hmm. Presumably, Negan has his baseball bat and maybe a pistol he's got tucked in his belt. And he goes to Gabriel, who has an assault rifle mm-hmm. or says, a submachine gun and says, you got your shitting pants on because uh-huh. you're about to shit your pants. In a just world, Gabriel would just hose him down. Yeah. No. It, He's like, yeah, it's going to suck getting out of here, but guess what? You're not going to be part of that voyage. Yeah. How I, Does Gabriel just choke? Can he not kill a living being? Maybe. Is he going to be the new Morgan? I guess... I buy that, but what is he doing on site if that's the case? Are we going to see uh, Gabriel tortured by Probably. shitty pop music? Yeah. Uh, I don't... He, he brought his iPod with him? 
yeah, I don't understand this. Again, uh, Negan has no gun that I can tell, um, mm-hmm. and Gabriel has a gun. And yeah, I get it. Like if if Negan lunges at him, he's going to get to Gabriel, but Gabriel's also going to be putting several rounds right in his gut. Uh-huh. Uh, it just seems like a weird one sided standoff that I don't really care much about. No, the whole thing is stupid. I, like I said, they're trying to make Negan seem invincible, but they're doing it from positions of weakness always, and I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah, so he gives his shit, his shit and pants uh, joke out, and then we pan from above. We have a drone shot of it just steadily climbing through the sky, and it's very reminiscent of the season one Rick stuck behind uh, or stuck inside the tank. Yeah, uh, shot, um, which I think is intentional because this is all about mercy. And like Maggie mentioned about how you know Glenn was the one that started all this by sparing R- Rick last season. Mm-hmm. So I think we're supposed to get all these as an intentional callbacks to to uh times that people tried to be merciful even the even the callback with with carl in the in the sea store yeah you know rick tried to like he resisted killing that girl until the last minute mm-hmm. uh, yeah and i mean it's so i'm guessing that's their tribute for the hundredth episode is like hey let's do something that is sort of reminiscent of episode oh one, yeah sure sure which i, I wasn't even thinking that's that. fine like, like they're just tying they're just tying it all into a hundred episode loop right yeah um and then the the other thing that i think was kind of cool that they did is the the backpack i think is the orange backpack that they found on the side of the road where that traveler was killed Um, oh yeah where they and and carl's like using that to deliver food to this traveler which i thought was a nice uh echo of a past episode especially if 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 michonne's premonition about him running the show comes true that's that could be signal a sea change in like the attitudes of our our heroes and maybe carl's meant to represent mercy and rick is meant to represent wrath Mm. i don't know all right uh we then flash forward back to the future uh they talk a mess about this big owl and rick just blows its head off right in front of judith it was <laughs> real gruesome well that's interesting because isn't that what his ex-girlfriend blonde jesse was <laughs> oh, she built that thing yeah yeah like i wonder if the, is there like a festival to jesse or that's something sculpture. maybe uh how does michonne feel about that <laughs> judith has grown it looks jesse like she's fest 2022 <laughs> is rocking the man one, the one uh, the you know jesse just you know she was an amazing woman <laughs> lucky to have michonne don't get me wrong right. love michonne but boy that jesse whoo way mm. she bit wire into an owl <laughs> uh i i don't i don't get it uh yeah. judith is gross she's like six seven so like we're i'm thinking five years into the future mm-hmm uh, Rick is led out by Judith to see this owl, and what he sees is this thriving agrarian society. It's very fucking Hobbiton. It's the Shire. Uh, then it cuts to him with red-rimmed eyes. He's been crying, and also he's been standing over these two fresh graves in this middle flash thing that we're seeing. Which I assume is probably Glenn and Abraham. Well, they might be hinting that more people important are going to die maybe yeah like to me i'm taking away there's going to be two main character deaths probably not judith carl or michonne since we see that in the flash forward although if you say that's a fantasy yeah then all bets are off Mm -hmm. but i think it's a fantasy he's having over those graves i think red eye rick is a guy having that fantasy yeah again are we having a spoiler section it could it could be a let's have a spoiler section Okay, we can. I had like one spoiler email. That well, there we go. We'll I, have a spoiler section. That I didn't include. So, 
Our spoiler <laughs> section will not include the spoiler email. Uh, and he, he mutters, my mercy prevails over my wrath. What does it mean? What does it mean? Exactly that, I guess. I don't know. And that's the episode. That's the episode, Jim. Yeah? You yeah, think, I you mean... You think these windows... You think stage two of their plan is going to make any damn sense of what we just saw? I think Rick really subscribes to Mayor Giuliani's broken window theory mm-hmm. of, like, just neighborhoods to going people, to shit, and he's just like, yeah, I just fucked jobs. you, man. Your property values, your petty crime is going to go through the roof. Or he's just trying Have to provide jobs. policing this shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, he's the, he's the job maker, the great but, job maker of the apocalypse. Like, uh, what is a, what's the name for a window installer? A window ear? Well, yeah, that's Window ear jobs are just going just gonna to skyrocket. That's going to be a boom uh-huh. industry in the sanctuary. It's going to really cut uh, into Negan's, like, rape and pillage profits. Yeah, for sure. They'll be the foremost post-apocalyptic window window ears and uh, <laughs> strong window-based economy. Mm-hmm. Rick Rick believes that supply-side stuff, man. Going to break a window so someone has to fix it. Food for windows. He's seen he's seen uh, the fifth element. He's he's going with the, the Zorg, uh, you know, push. You know, don't you remember the whole cherry scene with the stupid... The weird animal creature. Yeah, it comes desk. out. Yeah. He ends up in the middle of making his point. He chokes on a cherry, which is that's exactly <laughs> right. what Rick would do. It is. That's exactly he's going to get into his long window broken window theory and start choking. <laughs> and Carl's going to have to, you know, whap him on the back till he chokes it up. Or that 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 maybe that Islamic kid that he saves is going to be uh, the one that has to pat it out of Rick's back. Anyway, so the uh, that's the episode. The credits mention a couple people. One is John Bernecker and the other is George Romero. I've never heard it. Bernecker, I could talk all day. I could give his eulogy all day. This uh, Romero guy. That's the one that played the Joker in the old Adam West Batman. Think, Why am I joking I so. about people's death? I'm no, a monster. Just, obviously, everybody knows who George Romero is. Yeah. You know, he's the four, the godfather of zombies, essentially. Yeah. Um, the John Bernecker name was confusing to me. I didn't know who that was. But turns out, I looked it up, he is a stuntman oh, who died during right. the filming of The Walking Dead last year. Right. We heard about that. Yeah. Like some kind of... Um, earlier this like year, a fall, maybe? Like a mistake with a fall rig or yeah, something? Yeah, he fell like 22 feet and hit his head on something and That'll killed do it. Him. Yeah. Um, so they were honoring him. And I can see why they put him first. You know, that's I was, the other thing. I was thinking like, oh, why are they doing Romero last? But that, yeah, that he's was a- closer to the production. With our preview podcast, that was like one of the big kind of fallouts from all these lawsuits about money and AMC cutting corners is, you know, a lot of people tried to make that connection to, oh, well, uh, like if they weren't so okay. big, like I, I think that's a hard connection, one-to-one connection to make. Yeah. But... I think there are places where production will skimp and places where they won't, and I don't know that Nicotero and his the effects company would have let them skimp on that stuff no like i don't know like i said i i don't i i don't know anything about the story other than the facts of what happened and it seemed like i know that that's like a pretty close close-knit community um yeah. like the, the the people the crew cast and crew like kind of consider themselves family non-ironically so mm-hmm. um that was probably probably really tough on all of them yeah Imagine devastating. And I hope there is an investigation, and I hope that uh, they, they learn something from it. And uh, these, because that's the thing, it's 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 such a fucking tragedy. Like there was a location scout that worked on Breaking Bad. They got murdered down scouting in Colombia for season three of Narcos. Wow. And it just seems like anytime someone is in dies in in the process of creating our entertainment, it's like the mo literally the most senseless tragedy. Sure. Like this is yeah. supposed to we're just this is popcorn and fun and maybe you'll learn some things along the way, but it's just 
and and people die to make it and it's like god it makes it feel makes it feel bad yeah for sure uh, uh are we ready for feedback i am ready for feedback before we get to feedback i want to tell you about the club baldmove.com wait the club.baldmove.com i gotta get my shit straight uh it's the primary way that we that we stay in business if you didn't know jim and i uh, do this as a full-time job. If you listen to the housekeeping section, you hear that we do just a stupendous amount of podcasts. We're probably going to do over 20 podcasts this week. Ah, uh, why? Before midnight on Saturday or Sunday rolls around. Who who said that was okay? I No one. <laughs> like, it's just, it's gotten out. It's the Sorcerer's fucking Apprentice, and the <laughs> the the brooms at the buckets in this case is club.baldmove.com. Uh, you can go there and sign up for a low monthly fee, or you can save money by going quarterly, yearly. You know how this stuff works. Uh, go to club.baldmove.com for the pitch. You get a brief kind of pitch of all the special features. I'll tease a few. Ad-free feeds. That's awesome. Uh, VIP access to the forums, extra bonus content, video versions of our podcasts, uh, all kinds of stuff. The, the 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 if you want to hear our full spoiler thoughts on the new Coen Brothers film Suburbicon coming out this Thursday, gotta be a club member. Go to club.baldmove.com because most importantly, it keeps us doing shows like The Walking Dead and Mr. Robot and Game of Thrones and all the other stuff we do. Club.baldmove.com. Okay, we start off with Alex G who says Ezekiel gave Carol a mighty big and dare I say flirtatious smile after the battle. The guy who plays him has even said that Ezekiel is interested in Carol. Do you think the show is setting up a romance between them? The next scene immediately cuts to Daryl, so maybe they're just implying that those are the two people closest to Carol at this point. Uh, she has she has to choose between life at the kingdom and life at Alexandria at some point. Which would you choose if you were her? Uh, so do you think they're they're trying to make Ezekiel and Carol a thing? Yes, I don't okay. know that. I think Ezekiel I don't know is the, trying to make Ezekiel and Carol. Yeah, thing. The, the, is that's the, I don't know if Carol's going to have it, but yeah. they're definitely showing that he's way interested in Carol. And I, for sure. and also, if Carol's still holding a torch for Daryl, which I think she has stopped doing, hmm. um, I think she needs to move on because the lights are just not home on on Daryl in that department. Yeah, yeah, and maybe we should jump right to. Uh, Christopher H.'s email when we're talking about Daryl and Carol. He says, last season, one of the major plot points was that Daryl lied to Carol about Glenn and Abraham's deaths. Then they were together this episode and it went completely unacknowledged. I have, uh, I would have expected a conversation between them with Carol saying something like, hey, I understand why you did what you did, or at least some reference to what happened last season. Is it satisfying if they never address this and we just move on, or do you think it would be a powerful character moment to see them discuss Daryl's lie this season? I thought that... I thought that the the way we left that was that Carol knew that Daryl died, and she understood. She already understood the reasons. So, like, to I, confront to, him about it seems almost pointless. I mean, like, if anything, I guess Daryl coming up and saying, "Hey, like, it kind of sticks in my craw that I had. I was trying to protect yeah. you, but like, but yeah, if Carol brings it up, I think it would be a bit of a dick move." Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Like, like, if the that. merciful thing to do is just to to let your buddy move on, if they've if 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 you if they fucked up, but not really, and you understood the reasons, and they were trying yeah. to protect you, like, do you want to discourage that behavior? Encourage it? I don't know. Right. Okay. Caroline Z says, "Did you notice that Eric got more screen time in the premiere than usual? I think they are making a point to highlight him before they kill him, which The Walking Dead has been known to do. Well, he could be one of the fresh graves for sure. He could be." Uh, 
she there goes was an on. extra tragic could be Aaron and Eric together. They're oh like, God, yeah. You know, like that's that would be that's the, the thing. The tragedy like, there being the pasta maker goes to waste. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't know about Eric, but I care about him in so much as that he's important to Aaron, and mm-hmm. Aaron is a character that I am kind of attached to. Yeah, yeah, I like Aaron, and I think the actor who I, Ross Russ Marquand or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, I think he's a really good actor. Yeah, like, he just hasn't always been given the best material. He's like a but sometimes. He, he's like a a modestly well off, mm-hmm. an upper middle class version of Topher Grace, right? Yeah. What I'm suggesting yeah. he's a better version of Topher Grace, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason he wasn't in the '70s shows, so he's not as famous. Not yet, not yet. Uh, so what would this do to Aaron? Aaron may feel responsible since he was the one who encouraged Eric to fight. Mm. Where would you like to see Aaron's arc go from here? Uh, and she also thinks Ross Marquand is a good actor who should be given more to do. Um, a, his arc should keep him far away from applesauce. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, agree with that. So I guess they could go either way. They could, they, you know, they could kill either one of them off, and then the other becomes a more central character who we are invested in because you know they got this tragic backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like you know, there's been a lot of rumblings of like you know, is is Daryl gay? Is Daryl asexual? Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder because cuz he's had this kind of like brotherhood with Eric and Aaron like they're the ones that kind of took yeah. him in and and kind of showed him a purpose when he didn't feel like he had any and it would be kind of interesting if one of them were to die which then the they you know get into a relationship i don't mm-hmm. i don't know what the fan base would do i think that would be kind of cool like yeah i mean if you're going to kill one of them you got to kill eric like i i think Aaron's the better character <laughs> Well, that's the only, the only because the more he's character. a more developed character, right? Yeah. Uh, so I mean, those are some things that they could they could they could go. But I, I, yeah, I would like to see him get more screen time. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I could even see him. Well, they 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 need to hook him up with Dwight because Dwight is the new Daryl, and I feel like if you're you're going to pair him up with somebody, you want to pair him up with somebody who's going to be around for a while. Oh, well, what if that's the what if they what if Daryl dies? What if Eric goes off with Dwight and Aaron goes off with Daryl and they both have separate <laughs> relationships? I don't like that at all. <laughs> okay, okay series involves like Aaron and Eric get to stay as a couple, which I uh-huh. like. Um, so like Aaron and uh, Aaron and Eric survive. Daryl doesn't. Dwight, who's the turncloak, is now integrated into community, but yet he, much like Daryl, is kind of off the sides, and he doesn't feel like he belongs, and he doesn't deserve this, and they, just like they took in the wounded Daryl, they they do that with Dwight. And all the same tricks would work, right? Yeah, it's because spaghetti, the motorcycle, yeah. the, yeah, yeah. They just <laughs> re- hit replay. Right, right. They just send him an invitation to spaghetti night on mm-hmm. an arrow. They just shoot into his tire. <laughs> uh, it's 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 the the... I don't know. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea too. Okay. Not that I like Dar- the, the idea of Daryl dying. No. It's like the I, that would be a possible, possible, interesting way to go. Or, I mean, I really like that arc, and um, I, it doesn't require D- uh, Daryl to die either, mm-hmm. because like I think Daryl and Dwight are kind of like permanently on the out. I, yeah, what would Daryl think if Dwight moved into Alexandria? <laughs> How do you forgive the guy that tortured you? Like, that's a big ask. Mm -hmm. That's a big ask. Like, you know, even if he's turned a new leaf and see, like, how could you ever forgive that? 
All right. right. Anyway, that's see, that's what, see what Daryl's made of. Yeah. All right. John O says NPR wrote that as Michonne has become more emotionally open, she has been featured less on the show as a badass. Do you think that's true? He goes on. I don't. Michonne is often a voice of reason, and I think her character has benefited from the romantic arc, not not been diminished. Do you think Michonne is a cooler character with or without Rick? And do you think Rick has become a cooler character because of Michonne? I certainly see her getting less, like, badass screen time. I don't know that that's true because, like, you know, her and Rick took down that Carnival of Terror Mm -hmm. as a duo that was kind of neat and also exposed, like, also told something about the way they love each other. But then she's left at home here because of this romance with Rick. (laughs) That's a problem. I, I don't think of her as any less of a badass, but I do think the show is marginalizing that badassery a little bit. Yeah, and I think I think Rick needs to start being called on this. That like, look, yeah. you can't keep everyone you love in reserve, <laughs> right? Um, like, like you just can't. You can't. No, he leaves his entire family at home and says, "Everybody else, follow me." Right. That 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 won't work for long, and no. it's certainly a departure from comic book Rick. Um, yeah. I think so. Um, but the thing is, I do think Michonne has become a better character with the you know the opening up and the romantic involvement with Rick yeah, I think a lot of this stuff is starting to develop more it's not developing as much as a badass but we already know she's a badass right now we get to see another side of her which is good for her character and that's the thing like these mysterious characters are intriguing because they're a mystery and then when you peel those layers away and you fill in that backstory they're no more mysterious but they're better characters yeah and unless you're just going to go like a fully you know, procedural type of show, like a Star Trek or a CSI, you're never going to be able to keep a character shadowy and mysterious for long because, you know, like that, like, like how many seasons can she just be the loner that's emotionally damaged and can't trust anyone? Yeah. Would you still like Daryl if he was the way he was in season two? Yeah. Or one for or Christ's even sake. one. Yeah. 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 I don't, I mean, and I also don't agree that, she can't be a badass anymore. I feel right. like that there'll be opportunities for her, a plenty for this season. Uh, and I'll be especially disappointed in the writers if they let that become the case. Mm-hmm. Okay. Allison in Memphis says, how is this the best effects show on TV? Uh, but they oh, can't. Not. But they can't get Rick's hairpiece to look more realistic and flash forward. Man, that beard was really. I like. I if you're talking yeah. the hairpiece, I'm talking the beard. That beard was <laughs> reminiscent of the first time we saw Jesus. It's just so obviously a costume wig. Yeah. yeah. It it, it, it no. Draws... It's crazy to me the the makeup work that they can do, and then the shoddy like prosthetics that they put on what are supposed to be normal people right well, like the, the zombies difference... look fucking phenomenal isn't isn't like creature makeup actually part of the effects department where like mm-hmm. hair and makeup like i feel maybe they're different departments i feel yeah. hair and makeup and costume has never been this show's uh strong suits okay um because you know like i the the rare exceptions are when like people step literally off the comic book page like you when you get an Abraham and a Rosita and a Eugene and they're like done up exactly in the eccentric way that they are in a comic book but mm-hmm. you know anytime they give a chance to let people live kind of like you know believably grimy and lived in it just ne- never quite hit its mark I don't think but I'm probably I don't know anything about this and I'm probably talking shit about people that are very well respected and maybe they have budget problems <laughs> and maybe they have time constraints and yeah. maybe they just don't give a shit because why why would they? Yeah, could be. 
All right, and the final email this week is Barry C. from the UK. He says, meh episode. Quite a few people on Reddit and other forums think the flash forward was a dream for Rick, not the actual future. Some even think it's a hallucination before he dies. I think I can discount the theory, that theory quite simply by saying, why would there be a cane in the dream sequence? Nobody would really envisage an ideal future for themselves where they are less able than before. So I think we can confidently say this was a legit vision of the future to come. What do you think? I think I'm closer to that than the, the fantasy. Although it I is don't, a little weird. I don't know why they're shooting it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, although the one reason they're shooting it this way, so you can, cause they have four separate timelines in this episode. It could possibly be that like, Hey, we need to do something different or how the hell are people going to stay, you know, any, any kind of grounded at all. Yeah. Like some shows, uh, like breaking bad, especially does a shifted co- color palette mm-hmm. whenever they're doing a flat, like flash forwards tend or flash forwards tend to be warmer flash backs tend to be desaturated. I think and then, so. like on Better Call Saul, the flash forwards are all in black and white, so that's mm-hmm. like an obvious get tell. So I, I, I think they probably need it, but I, I don't know. I, I guess again, I felt like I don't know why they're teasing this part of the story. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really can't fathom. I like okay, maybe you convince people it's a dream, maybe it's real. Why? What creative? What creative choice is being served by showing Rick as a slightly older man in a relaxed position? <laughs> You're starting the season oh, yeah. all-out war where anyone could die. Maybe everyone will die. Mm-hmm. and you're giving imagery to the audience that suggests that Rick and his family is going to be fine. Either that's a lie, and you're setting us up why, or it's the truth, and you're letting a massive amount of tension off. Yeah. No, it's um, it's weird. And if any, even at its, you know, the, at the most credible, um, at the, the most leniency I can afford it, I would say it's a distraction from the main plot, Yeah, um, which is where you kind of want the audience's head to be. At the moment, let's get let's get through all out war. Then we can think about the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 a real head scratcher because I I just don't get. It. And I know there's sometimes like when I say things like that, you get feedback with like, well, do you really like? Come on, who really thinks Rick is going to die? But that's not the point. Yeah, because the way this visual storytelling works, like some of these tricks work regardless or not, because it works on our suspension of disbelief, and we get caught up in the moment of like, well. If we paused it right now and calmed down for 10 minutes, we're like, okay, well, surely they can't kill Andrew Lincoln. <laughs> um, but you still get stressed out. Like, mm-hmm. you still get stressed out when, you know, Walt and Jesse get in a season two jam, uh, yeah. you know, because that's good artistic storytelling. And anytime you reduce the, the, the pressures or screw up people's suspension of disbelief, it's bad storytelling. So I just feel like this is bad storytelling. And I, I think Nicotero, who directed this episode, as one like him and Gimple both really like 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 they must be huge Tarantino fans, <laughs> um, and that's mm-hmm. how Tarantino tells his story. And then they're like, "I think that's cool, and I want to do a story like that." But yeah, it it comes off student filmy to me. Okay, that's it. That's all the email we got. All right, uh, we are going to go consider a couple spoilers that I okay. want to talk about. Um, then that's it. I guess I should give the the outro. Uh, you can yeah, we haven't in. we didn't do a live recording this week, 
because I've been sick and I didn't feel like doing it. So we'll be back next week with the live recording for all the club members. Those are going to be uh, – check the front page of Bald Move to see all the upcoming content. But tentatively, yeah. those will be Tuesday at 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can send in feedback at walkingdead or watchingdead at baldmove.com. Uh, you can also uh, get on our forums at forums.baldmove.com to discuss Walking Dead with your fellow fans. Uh, and follow us on all the social medias. Uh, just search for, for Bald Move, and we'll probably be there. Or follow along with all we do at baldmove.com. All right, I'm ready to talk spoilers when you are, Jim. Okay, for people who want spoilers, stick with us after the music. For people who don't, we'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See ya. back with spoilers you got something you want to talk about it's interesting because like all this stuff with people asking about rick leaving michonne back and like whether king ezekiel will get with carol i feel like are are symptoms of the kirkman remixing which is going on because in the comic books michonne at least for a time shacks up with king ezekiel Okay. And Rick, f- until her death, shacks up with Andrea. Um, wait, does Andrea even die? I don't think she does. There's a couple of fake, fake, sca- fake out scares. Um, but also, like, you know, there's a thing where, like, Rick tries to, like, keep Andrea out of it, but she just won't have it. You know, she's the group's best sh- shot and marksman. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's really strange to me to see this show letting Rick kind of get away with shielding all of his family from, from this risk. Yeah. Like, um, the other thing that where um, Michonne's relationship explored with Ezekiel is kind of like, you know, how kind of lonely and delusional he was, which I feel like they've already explored adequately on the show. Mm-hmm. So why, I mean, it feels like that they just did a bit of a remix where Carol's still alive, she wasn't, Andrea's dead, so we we, we play this weird shuffling, you know, cakewalk game where Michonne goes to Rick and then Carol goes to... Uh, King Ezekiel, and now everybody's matchy matchy, and and this is how it's gonna this is how it's gonna work out. Yeah, I mean that seems a reasonable thing to do with the pieces you have. Um, I guess I want to talk a little bit more about how disappointing I think the flash forward to old man Rick is. <laughs> okay, I just you know I've, I've I've tried to figure out the the the, the remixes this show does, and I kind of quit calling them Kirkman remixes because uh, apparently he's no longer involved in in the show. Hmm. Um, the day-to-day operation of the show, but like, um, it's always I've always questioned the wisdom of switching things up just to keep the comic book fans engaged when they're such a small part of the show audience. You've got yeah, ten million people watching, a hundred thousand people reading the books on a monthly basis. So let's let's say generously, ten times more have picked up the trade paperbacks and have read them online or whatever. You got a ten to one audience ratio, and you're doing things to keep the comic book fans, you know, engaged or jazzed or whatever. Okay, why in the fuck would you spoil the flash forward at the end of All Out War with this tease? Yeah, I think that's the weird thing. Knowing that there is, in fact, a flash forward in the comics, uh, five years into the future, uh, 
I don't know, man. That it so seems really not, bizarre. Are they going to not do that to to swerve? Because it seems like it's a way it's a way to like tell comic book fans, oh yeah, that thing you're really looking forward to is coming, it's coming. Yeah. But also completely spoiling the surprise for the non comic book fans. Mm-hmm. It's I I don't I really don't get it. I can't think of any. Yeah, it's it's extra weird in that context where you know that there is in fact flash forward right and like they've got this thing where they introduce this kid and he's quoting the Quran, and like it seems to have a big impact on and on rick and they're also setting up like rick being determined to kill negan that's what he wants to do but at the end of the comic book you know uh negan is spared because yeah. rick is truly wanting to start this new society mm-hmm. um and i think that's where the line from rick at the end about the wrath overcoming Right. Wait, no, other way around. Mercy, mercy overcoming mercy the wrath. His wrath. I think that's where that's coming from. He's trying to decide whether or not to kill Negan. Yeah, probably. like I think that's like so. It seems to me from that that what we're looking at is a half season of All Out War. Uh, him maybe sparing Negan or deciding to spare Negan, and then the flash forward happens in this half season. I mean, I would be cool with that. I would be cool with that too, but I still don't know why they're teasing the flash forward. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It is like I mean, flash forwards within an episode are okay because it like you know like if you if you know you got a slow start, mm-hmm. um, it's 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 screenwriting one hundred and one. Do a flash forward to show like look at this crazy thing happening, and then you know two weeks later, um, it's it's definitely overused in pop culture right now. But but mm-hmm. whatever, I've never seen a flash forward that spoils the ending of a movie or a television or of like a season. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to like tease the end of, uh, and that's the other thing. Like teasing, they never tease the end of the episode. They never flash forward to like the the, the gang with their arms around each other laughing by a campfire. You know, it's always like in media res. Like, oh my god, here's Shane and Rick fighting off a waterfall full of zombies. How the fuck did they get here, and how are they going to get out? This yes. is like old man Rick has achieved Nirvana in Alexandria. <laughs> Which is what actually happens until the next, you know, there's obviously another crisis crisis, is going. I don't understand why they swerved and put Eugene working for the Saviors instead of doing the bullet. Because here's the thing, like this whole bullet fact, them hosing down the Saviors complex makes sense as an intimidation tactic because Mm -hmm. largely the world had run out of bullets. And here's Rick hosing down this building in the comic books. Holy fuck, he's got a way to make bullets. Right. No, it would have made much more sense to have Eugene they're supplying the bullets like the, the show bu- a montage where everybody in town is making bullets and eugene is walking through saying oh no a little more uh steel in that mix or whatever you know i don't i maybe it's because like you know the the challenge with shows which you don't have in books and comic books is actors get all fucking antsy if they don't have some featured plots yeah like the reason you know uh denise crosby left star trek after first season of playing lieutenant yars because like i was promised i would get something that i could sink my teeth into and yeah the fucking jungle book planet where i had to fight this dude's five wives in some kind of death maze doesn't cut it for me guys no so maybe hmm. eugene is like you know what's his name josh McDermott, McDermott, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's jo- Josh McDan- D- Daniel Dermott. Um, he he might have been like, I I want some more Eugene focused. And like, well, you know, two seasons from now you'll make bullets and it'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. Fuck that, man! I want to get captured by the saviors. <laughs> I I don't I don't get it. 
it yeah. seems like they're all objectively worse, especially when they're using things like an abundance of bullets mm-hmm. that they have in a stat. Well, they, they, they established it, but then they didn't do anything with it. Yeah. It's a no, fucking it's mess, man. It is. This whole show is a mess. But, but that's the thing. That's the reason I, people are like, well, then why do you say it's pretty good? Because, like, I guess this season I'm finally adjusting for, <laughs> yes, curve. this shit will always happen. They'll do these weird time mm-hmm. jumps. They'll do, but, like, you know, on, on a on a sliding scale, this was pretty entertaining. It had some good action beats, and it had some good zombie stuff. And I thought the speechifying by, like, Rick and I were, like, a cut above the, the usual. Hmm. So. Okay. That's all. That's the. That's all the spoiler stuff I want to talk about. Cool. Well, I think that's it for us this week. Then the other thing is like if you are a little bit more because I've I've decided not to reread this and I, I think after this season I'm going to read up to the flashpoint to kind of familiarize myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you like, I could be way off base. Maybe um, if I was more familiar with where the comic arcs were going, maybe you would. Uh, I, I I could figure more of this stuff out, but. I don't know. Even Kirkman, it's like... But I don't think you should have to have read the comics to figure out what they're doing on the show. No, totally. But I'm saying, like, some of this bitching in hindsight might be, like, come back to bite me in the ass because, like, oh, well, you've forgotten about this plot that they're trying to set up, and it's still going to be a Kirkman remix. But he's a weird duck, man. Like, Kirkman says, hey, biggest mistake I ever made was cutting Rick's arm off. Mm -hmm. Second biggest mistake I made was killing the main soldier character before the all-out war start. But... So Rick still got his arm, but fucking Abraham's dead in the ground. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's why he quit. <laughs> maybe. That's why he sued him. All right. That's all we got. Watching dead at baldmove.com. If you'd like to send us feedback. Uh, and we're out. Yep. See you next week.